Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Sakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Adam Aniva of the Burgundy Gold Report. Adam, how you doing? Good, man. Just, you know, everyone's looking at the baseball, all those sports. <laughs> and to me, I've just been looking at the free agents, where they're going. Man, laser. even though it's, 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 that, it's that weird time during football season, but, man, it's still exciting for me because I see all these guys are moving and taking different cuts on the horizon. So, yeah, man, I, I still love this time of year. No one can distract Adam from football. There's just, just nothing. There's no, no one and no thing can do that. <laughs> it's just impossible. Hey, man, are you enjoying the new warm weather? I, we've been, I know we're in around the same part of the country, and the weather's been getting nicer. We're getting closer to the summer. It's pretty exciting, right, getting a little bit of sun? Yeah, you know, I actually, you know, like I live in New York, but I actually was down in Maryland for the weekend. And, of course, you know, a little warm over there. So they just started hitting 70s, came back to New nice. York, and now we're going to be pushing the 80s now. So oh, the I kids are happy because it's pool time. But, um, you know, I'm working from home, so I, I love it, man. You know, lunchtime, yeah. pool breaks, man, I, I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait either. And, you know, the, the funny thing about it, though, is that um, I have seasonal allergies. So the problem about that is warm weather hits. Yeah. I'm finally excited to be outdoors. And I have to hit, like, three antihistamines just to make sure I'm not blinking like a crazy person because my eyes are itchy. It's totally, it's like unbelievable. It's like you can't win over here, man. One thing or the other. Un, and just unreal. Anyway, we got tons to talk about today, including Ryan Kerrigan's new deal, a really terrible prank, the best undrafted free agent signings, and so much more. Let's get this started. All right, let's start with Ryan Kerrigan. So the Eagles have signed linebacker Ryan Kerrigan, formerly of the Washington football team, to a one-year contract. And for much of his 10 years with Washington, Kerrigan was the team's best, best pass rusher, scoring double-digit sacks in four seasons. Now he's going to a division rival. So, hey, Adam, we know how much you know about Washington. We know you know a lot about Kerrigan. So how does this impact Washington, and how does this impact the Eagles? I personally think very little on both sides because you're talking about Ryan Kerrigan later in his career. Um, He was actually very durable for the majority of his career, but then over the last probably about, you know, 12, 16, 17 games, he just showed he, you know, he was slowly breaking down. And I think when you started to put him next to Chase Young and Montez Sweat, you just saw the disparity in talent. So, you know, like I'm not – I don't get too caught up in the nostalgia. You'll see on Washington Twitter, everyone's like, you know – you know, all the best. And honestly, I would. But to me, I, I just can't wish all the best to any player, no matter who you are, that stays in the, the division. You know, I was a huge <laughs> Brian Mitchell fan growing up. He went yeah. right away to the Eagles and Giants. You know, I, I didn't cheer for him. I'm just, that's not what kind of fan I am. But um, right. I think as far as Philadelphia goes, you know, you're talking about Brandon Graham, Sweat. You know, that's just the name, too, right there. They have a, a lot of rush pass rushes out there. So I'll be interested to see what his role will be in it. I think, right. that, you know, he's no more than a situational guy, but he's not really a guy that you're going to put out there on third down and say, you know, just attack the quarterback. It's, he's very limited in the pass rush moves he has. He was in a situation where Washington, where I feel like he was just an overachiever and, you know, we had good coordinator scheming, you know, plays for him. But once an offensive tackle gets their hold on Ryan Kerrigan, you'll see. Like we were talking about for years, oh, it's holding, holding, holding. 
But we saw the same thing with Sweat and Young, and they were called yeah. a fumble. So bottom yeah. line is, you know, good luck. He was, you know, the all-time sack leader for Washington. But honestly, in the end, it, it's not much. Washington, we knew as fans that even this past year, it was two years too late, so it wasn't even this year. And right. I think that in Philadelphia, I think as far as choosing somebody that has a chance to contend, he couldn't choose a worse team because I think they're the bottom team <laughs> of the NFC East this year. So. Right. Uh, yeah. I totally agree with that. But I, I will say this, you know, um, the Philadelphia front seven was graded uh, third best in pass rushing uh, by pro football focus in 2020. So at least he's stepping into a, um, a defense that doesn't really need him to do much, right? He basically can right. be probably a rotational situation player, maybe a locker room guy. I don't know if that's going to be necessary or not out there. Cause you're right. The Eagles probably won't be competing. Um, turns out that the uh, there was interest from the Bengals and the Steelers as well. He ended up settling for right. the Eagles. That is really odd, particularly after saying uh, late last season that he wanted to uh, stay in Washington for the long haul. So that's a little bit bizarre. But there you go. Right. That's it. Ryan Kerrigan, uh, I'll wish him the best. I know you're not. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Hitting the bell on that one. Let's talk about the next one. And this is this really terrible, you know, in some ways, I think a really terrible story in one hand, uh, on the other hand, a great story because it demonstrates the kind of um, the maturity of the particular person who was um, pranked. And that's former Austin paid defensive back, Gwantarius Bryant, who was the victim of an NFL tryout hoax when he was invited to the Atlanta Falcons training facility by someone via an Atlanta area code number impersonating defensive coordinator, Dean Pease. He arrived at Flowery Branch, Georgia last Wednesday and was turned away because uh, he obviously wasn't on the list uh, and that, uh, and was told he was never actually contacted by the Falcons. So that is really terrible. He did post up uh, and this is definitely in some ways demonstrates his maturity. Uh, it's most definitely one of the most embarrassing things that has ever happened to me and a very humbling experience. I do not know or understand why this has happened to me, but I do know that everything happens for a reason. Yes, that was heartbreaking for me, but just another stepping stone that I'm not afraid to admit or overcome. At the end of the day, this will not make or break me. I will still continue to fight for my dreams because I know it's what I really want. Bryant is uh, a former walk-on, was a, was, became first-team All-Ohio Valley Conference player in his senior season in 2019 when he made 107 tackles. He played 43 games with 242 career tackles three forced fumbles and interception for Austin Pay. What are your thoughts here on this entire situation with Wontarius Bryant? It's just, just a t- messed up situation, but what's going to happen is it's turning for a blessing with him because, honestly, you know, I didn't know much about him. I just looked a little into him, watched a little of his film, and, you know, I don't think on that alone he would have got a, a realistic chance this year, maybe, you know, down the road. So on what's going to happen now, he's actually got invited to – they're having on May 23rd the Hub Football Trial Save in San Diego, and a lot of those – what they're trying to do with these events is trying to, and mostly it's former NFL players that are free agents that have just, you know, been out of the league for a year or two, some of them even more. So he actually got invited to this event. And again, like I said, it's really been focused for NFL veterans. So right. he'll get a great opportunity because there'll be a lot of scouting departments there looking for depth, looking for practice squad additions. So he'll honestly, he'll get a chance that he wouldn't have had before because the situation. So, you know, like you said, you know, everything happens, you know, for a reason. So, in this situation, I think, you know, he's going to benefit. But, you know, whoever does something like that, that that's pretty crappy. Yeah, totally, totally crappy. I, I assume that they use a burner phone and they weren't able to track down the number because nowadays you get a number, you basically can track them down. Yeah. Whoever did this out there, I sure hope Ontarius Bryant becomes the next greatest defensive back in the NFL yes. and shows everybody what he can do. And this becomes like uh, the intro to his ESPN 30 on 30. That's what I, that's what I hope oh, happens, you know? 
I think that, that's what I want to happen. I'm rooting for this guy a thousand percent now. So whoever did this out there, that is not funny. But you know what? He's going to overcome this. And, uh, you know, mission not accomplished for as far as what you were doing. All right. So right. let's exactly. move on. Yeah, all right. Let's move on to the undrafted free agents. We got a lot. We got a lot of them. <laughs> we got a lot of them. So we, we want to get through all of them. And I'm just going to call them out one at a time. We're going to get your thoughts first, Adam, on them. And I'll throw in my kind of two cents on top of that. But we'll start with the Washington football team because I know, like I said, uh, and everyone knows, you know this team inside and out. So Jared Patterson, running back out of Buffalo, signed as a UDFA. What are your thoughts on Jared Patterson and his impact? He was my first prospect player card this year, and it wasn't, you know, for no reason because I just turned on the tape, and again, of course, just like everyone else, that Kent State game where he had 400-plus yeah. yards and seven Woo. touchdowns really put him on that the map. Amazing. But, you know, after I just started watching, you know, all of his games, going back to 2019, even farther, looking at a high school clip, he just intrigued me. Because, you know, right. I always say when I, I grew up up in uh, Bethesda, Maryland, we, we actually – my high school was horrible football. But the other teams, <laughs> they always had these little stalky guys that, you know, our linebackers and other teams could just never take down. And I just see that. And, you know, I see that in Maurice Jones-Drew comp. You know, yeah. I, I Ron Rivera in his recent press conference kept talking about Darren Sproles, but that's not yes. who he is at all. He's not that scat-back, you know, guy. Right. The only thing related to them is their size. They're just that short, stocky guy. He's a north-south guy. He's not going to go, you know, he's not going to shake you out of your shoes. He's just going to go north-south. But, you know, Barry Sanders reached out to him. I think we were talking about that before as well. I think he's a perfect situation because you have Antonio Gibson in front of him um, and J.D. McKissick. They also have uh, Barber on the roster, but I I think he's a fringe right now. What I was happy to hear about today is Washington has been looking for a returner. They've for years, I'm talking about 15 plus 20 years. I think since Brian Mitchell is the last time they've had a legitimate uh, returner. So he was taking reps there. So I think that's something to watch, but, I think Jared Patterson makes this team as running back three and, you know, hopefully returner. But this is going to be an undrafted story. You know, I'm at least personally vested in seeing how far he goes. But they only signed one undrafted free agent with him, so I was happy to see that. Yeah, no, that, that is really good news for uh, the Washington football team because he is dynamic. He is really dynamic. And, and, and quite frankly, sure. I haven't watched as much tape on him as you have. But just to, just to throw it out here, some, some of the accolades, He's accomplished in Buffalo for the Buffalo Bulls. Most rushing yards in a single game, 409. Most rushing yards in a single season, 1,799. And the most rushing touchdowns in a single season, 19. And, of course, as you mentioned, that Kent State game tied for the most touchdowns in a single game with eight. Amazing, amazing stuff. Lots eight, of upside me, there. Right. Let me uh, let's turn to the next guy on the list, and that's uh, David Moore, um, offensive right. guard out of Grambling State, uh, signed by the Carolina Panthers. Tell us, what are your thoughts on David Moore? I, again, another player card, but I actually interviewed him. Um, I was on uh, the Capital Network. We had a series where we were talking to different draft picks, and you know, we were able to speak to him. And, I, again, another shocker because he stood out the senior bowl. He was voted one of the best interior offensive linemen by the opposing players. Yeah. So yeah. to see him go undrafted is just a testament of two things, the depth in this draft, but the, you know, the extreme reaches. Because the pool was definitely smaller of the undrafted crop, but what happened is without the combine, you weren't able to see a lot of these guys in that combine setting, which I think we're going to see next year when the combine happens, just how important it is. I think now we're not really seeing, but players like him that go undrafted, that, those are just absolute steals. So I think when you get an undrafted guy, they can at least immediately be a backup guard or potentially you know, move into a starting role. To me, that was a huge get because you know, the more I talked to him and got to know him and 
you know, what he's looking to do, what he's about. He's all about football, and he's a baller. Like I said, his plays, everything that he does is ferocious. Mm-hmm. The senior bowl, yeah. like you're talking about all-star games, they try to show NFL scouts, but you don't see them too many times throw someone, you know, block someone and then jump on the ground. You know, they're not, they're, they're usually not taking it that far, but he took it that far. And I asked him about that, you know, <laughs> what made him, you know, go that extra, because at the senior ball, I'm like, you know, did you care that they might think, okay, that's a little overaggressive. You're going to get a penalty on the next level. And he said, it's actually the opposite. You know, he had them coaches saying, we saw this on tape. We want to see more of it. So that's what urged him to do right. more. So I think to him, out of all the off- undrafted offensive linemen, to me, he's the one to watch for, you know, a breakout star this year. Yeah, and, of course, the Panthers also added Alabama guard Deontay Brown. But we did see more lineup both at guard and center at Senior right. Bowl. He has some versatility there. So, clearly, uh, should be room for him to just jump on in. And, of course, if anyone's watched his tape, they know that he is excellent in the run game, something that CMC may probably appreciate. <laughs> so, yeah, David yeah. Moore, that's a nice get for the Panthers there. All right, let's turn to my Chicago Bears. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited about this guy, Charles Snowden, linebacker out of Virginia. What are your thoughts on Charles Snowden? You know, he's a conversion guy. Uh, you know, he played some DB, played some safety over the years. And, you know, mainly he was a – if I'm I, not mistaken, I'm, because there's a couple UVA guys I was scouting, but um, mm. I think he was one of those late bloomer guys. I, I think he was a basketball player that's only been playing for a couple years. But everyone I heard talking about him, they were shocked that he wasn't, you know, gone in the sixth, seventh round because right. they think that he can just really be that, you know, guy that can move around the field, you can drop him in coverage. He's just the sky's the limit for him, but he's raw, so he needs a lot yeah. of work and he needs a lot of time in the weight room. He's got a very slender, you know, very you know, lanky kind of build, but there's a lot to work with there. So I think again, Chicago, just like they always do, they you know they stack, they stockpile, you know, these these linebackers, these pass rushers, and I really think now that they have that quarterback, you can start to see you know the Chicago Bears hopefully go towards that next level. Uh, because I think Green Bay right now, with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, even if he stays right. there, I think they're going to definitely regress. I don't see with the whole situation. I just don't see them coming out this, you know, being the division champ. So I think right now, although Chicago has a lot of question marks, this guy, don't be surprised if you see him getting like some legitimate snaps early on in the season. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where, and and it's interesting because you know draft pundits are draft pundits, right? We all make predictions, and his right. predictions for his draft, I mean, position ranged everywhere from as high as the third round and as low as undrafted. But most of, most of them had him drafted, like you said, you know, five, six, seven, one of the later rounds. Right. So you know, not getting drafted again, I think, is a pretty big deal. Obviously, there's a season ankle injury, uh, season-ending ankle injury from last November. Kept him out of Virginia's pro day, may have impacted his stock a little bit going into the Senior Bowl. But, you know, he was a, a dynamic player there. 21 tackles for loss over his final two seasons in Virginia. He has uh, immediate impact both in the ground and air game. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential here. And particularly with the Bears having a lot of question marks, as you say. Uh, and the only real sure thing at outside linebacker for the Bears right now is Khalil Mack. So, you know, why not? I mean, this is, this is a, I think it's a great get at UD as an undrafted free agent. So, uh, excited about that. Let's move on to the next guy. So this is this guy's interesting to me because he doesn't quite mm-hmm. prove it on the field yet, but the the pedigree coming out of Iowa is simply amazing. Mm-hmm. So then I'm talking about Sean Bear, tight end out of Iowa, signed by the Denver Broncos. Let me turn it over to you. And, and what are your thoughts on Sean Bear? I think he's a good complement to what they have in Noah Fan, his for you know his former teammate. I right. think that. 
He's he you know he'll give them ability like classic Iowa you know when you're in the room with Kirk Ferentz and all those guys it's the offensive line the tight end they get a lot of responsibilities in the blocking game so I think with Denver we saw the additions they got the running back out of North Carolina you know they they're stacking that team with receivers so I think right. you know when you have two tight end sets and you can have Fanton him I've even looked at Denver's overall depth chart at tight end to see who else is there but I yeah, think immediately. You know, you you have, you know, a pass block option in both guys that you don't know what you're getting on the field. I think Fant, we're going to see a lot, you know, improvement from his blocking. That was a yep. question I had with him and Hawkinson coming out. Hawkinson was clearly the better overall, but I thought yeah. Fant had the higher ceiling. So I think now that you can get him a guy like this, this allows they need him to be. So I think that that was an awesome pickup. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's one of those things where it's really hard to tell because, you know, he didn't have a lot of time to show us, show us his stuff. I mean, Frankly, um, he had a little bit of an injury in 2018. He had to sit behind. I mean, this is insane. He had to sit behind George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, and Noah Fant. I mean, I can't. I mean, right. that's an insane tight Crazy. end group to have to sit behind. You know, and and I didn't really, I, you know, I had forgotten this. You know, George Kittle was a fifth round pick in 2017. It just for some reason it never really registered with me. Now I'm like, holy crap, what a amazing <laughs> amazing draft that was. But anyway, that being said, you know, 2020 was a truncated season um, for Iowa. You know, in the Big Ten and so that's something where it's a little bit more difficult for him to show what he could do. He it was the first time he was going to be the actual starter. I mean, he is formerly a wideout. He has good hands. He has um, solid route running. I mean, there's some questions about his development, but hey, well, who better to help him learn than his former teammate Fant? And and no pressure to get back on the field and do mm-hmm. anything right away. I think there's some possibility there. Could be some some potential right. there. All right, let's turn to the next team. My most hated Green Bay Packers, um, who picked up unfortunately who I think is a pretty good undrafted free agent here, Christian Uphoff, safety out of Illinois State. What are your thoughts about uh, Christian? You know, I think he's a guy that's going to be able to come in and help their special teams unit right away. And we've seen, you know, different safeties, DBs, they're really in need of those guys. So don't be surprised if he doesn't come in from day one and really challenges, you know, for a spot in the rotation. Will right. he compete to be a starter? He's got the size. You know, he's a big guy, six, you know, six two, close to 210, and, you know, the arm, over 30-inch arm, so he's got that range. So right. as far as speed goes, there's some questions as far as his long speed and, you know, can he be a guy that can play in the deep center field this year, or is he a guy you want to have closer to the line? And I think coming out of the small school level, you know, there'll be a lot of questions. So we'll see. Is he going to be a gamer, or is he going to be need time to develop? And I'm going to say the latter. But I think mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be a good pickup with him because there'll be a lot of opportunities for him to get some playing time there. Yeah, I mean, the Packers obviously not known for being able to stop the run last season. So clearly could use some help there. He, as you said, he has a great, right size. He has speed. I think, I think he, he had a very impressive showing at the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, certainly a lot of upside here. Uh, and as I said, unfortunately uh, for the Packers, unfortunately for me, since it's the Packers where he went to. But, yeah, I think I like to pick up. I think it's a nice pickup for them. All right. I'm going to go to a guy that I, you know, I'm going to say I'm admittedly biased about this guy. I really like him. And part of it is because I watch a lot of Illinois games and uh, because I did go to Illinois undergrad. So I love Illinois. And, uh, and obviously everyone knows I love Notre Dame, but I love Illinois as well. And I've watched a lot of this stuff and they don't get a lot of, you know, really quality airtime because it's Illinois. They haven't been good in many, many years. So the Jacksonville Jaguars (laughs) signed Josh Imaterbebe the wide receiver out of Illinois. So before I go on my little um, rant here about Josh, no matter Bebe, what are your thoughts on him? 
yeah, you know, he's a guy, again, another guy that's going to have to come into special teams. I haven't watched much on him, just reading about him today a little bit, um, watching some clips. But I think he's a special teams guy to start. That's how he's going to, make, you know, earn his stripes. But, you know, there's no reason to think that, you know, he's not going to at least be able to get in some plays, some, you know, some of the rotations that they have. But I think as far as expectations early on, him to, act, you know, make the teams on special teams first, because it'll definitely be an uphill battle because – He's got the size, you know, he's got everything you're looking for. But, again, you know, level of competition, what do they already have there on the team? So I think that, again, he'll have to show that he's more than just a guy that, you know, you can put on short routes and, you know, expose the middle of the field and come back. I think he has to show his, you know, his route tree. He has to show that he has the ability to just be used all over the place. And, again, we talk about special teams. I don't. I didn't see much of him as far as return information, things like that. I have to still look more into him, but I think he's going to have to do a lot of things to make the team in that role. Right. So I will say this: um, route running needs improvement. We all. I think we yeah. all kind of agree there that he he needs to improve on his route running to be uh, to make it at the next level. But I mean, the guy from a pure athletic standpoint is a monster. Yeah. I mean, he's a monster yeah. from the, so the the that's something you can't teach. You know, I've always kind of said that raw athletic profile and skill. You just can't teach that. Uh, you can teach route running. Will he be able to pick it up? I don't know. But, I mean, he has above average vertical speed, posted a 4.48 40-yard dashes pro day. Nah, it's okay. It's okay. It's not great. It's okay. But his high point skills. But he's a big skills, dude. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big dude. The thing is, yeah, exactly. if you want to make him – I'm going to – I'm intrigued now. I'm going to watch more on him. But I'm looking at all of his, you know, his measurables and stuff like this. You know, yeah. we're seeing a lot of teams use these bigger receivers in, exactly. in the flex tight end game. So don't be surprised right. if, you know, they ask him to add a little bit of weight because the way it comes out is when they get on special teams, they get in a gunner role. That's when they can see if they can be a tight end. Everyone thinks, well, you know, yeah. let's see if they can add 20 pounds and block. That's not how it is. What it is is when they line them up on special teams, that's when they can get a good, good idea. Do they fit a mold of, you know, totally on the other side? Could it be a safety, a DB, or could yeah. we move him around in tight end? And they can see in different drills. So I'm, gonna, I'm very curious to see how he pans out, but don't be surprised if you see him in a variety of roles. Right, I totally agree with that. And, and I was going to say that, you know, the thing that really impressed me, and it's hard to – this is not a measurable, but his ability to high point balls downfield is amazing. And he really – and it's just amazing how he can catch those 50-50 balls. And when he, and he backed it up at his pro day he basically maxed out the vertex machine. He actually got a 46.5-inch standing vertical as pro day, which would have been a combine record. Remember, DK Metcalf, everybody was excited about his 40.5-inch vertical. This is a 46.5-inch standing vertical. I mean, the guy has athleticism in spades. The question is, can he learn the route tree? Can he be consistent? Can he have sharp routes? That will be something to see. But you know what? They have some time to figure that out. So I, I love it. I hope he makes it in the NFL. Uh, it should be exciting either way. All right, let's go to the next guy, Riley Cole, linebacker out of South Alabama, picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs. Tell us, what do you think about Riley Cole? You know, he was one of our DIRs that we, you know, we yep. spoke about. And yep. I really like, you know, he's his his experience. You know, four four year starter, just classic overachiever. As far as measurables, not the biggest guy. You know, not that much more than six foot, around two thirty, two thirty five. Um, Coverage, coverage issues, you know, could be a problem. But, man, he could really, you know, lay the wood and play close to the line. So, I think when they got Nick Bolton at 58th overall, I thought that was yeah. a steal for Kansas City. 
And I do think a guy like Riley Cole, right now their linebackers, that's really a big question for Kansas right. City. I think we saw how they performed against Tampa Bay, and they just look like Swiss cheese. So I think Nick Bolton, Riley Cole, it's interesting because they're kind of similar players. Nick Bolton can play the pass a little more. But I think you have two really classic overachievers, those stocky throwback-type linebackers. And I really yep. think that Kansas City, you know, we always think about the offense, but they're slowly building a defense that's going to be legit. So, yeah, really good pickup for them. Yeah, and word is that they had him try out or work out as a fullback at his pro day as well. Oh, and yeah. they've actually told him that they, he might be a two-way player. Imagine that. I mean, that, that would be huge, yeah. huge for him to get that opportunity to be that flexible in that Kansas City Chiefs offense and defense. Amazing. Great pickup there. Um, all right, let's go on to the next guy. Let's talk about Jake Burton, the uh, uh, offensive lineman out of Baylor who was signed to the New York Giants. What do you think about Jake Burton? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not as high as him as others. I've seen a lot of you know, people write it. They really have a high uh, feeling for him. You know, okay. I, the, the more I've, I've, I've watched him, I just think that, you know, he's going to take time. He's not going to bust whatsoever. But I think I've heard people talking about him being like, a 10-year starter, you know, lock it down. I just don't see that yet. I see, mm. that, you know, some issues with his technique. I do see some, uh, you know, some things that can get cleaned up and will take time. But I think for, you know, in the beginning, be a guy in a backup role. And I definitely think that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be, he's in a good situation because that's half the battle. If, you know, you're a player that has, you know, yeah. upside going to the wrong situation to just, you know, destroy your career. And I think he's in the perfect situation to get some time. Um, will he be – you know, somebody that can contribute early. I, I don't see that. I don't see that for a lot of these guys, but I definitely think that, you know, he'll definitely be in the next two, three years. You know, he'll definitely be someone that is a stalwart on that line. So Yeah, and I think that's what I like about this uh, signing is that, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. Um, the Giants have a very um, – have needs in the interior offensive line. It's not very deep. And he could be basically – a rotational backup right right away. You right. Know? So I, I and I right. think that he will be a solid rotational backup right away. You know, maybe not an every down starter, maybe never an every down starter, but I, it's a guy you right. can throw in there in a pretty shallow interior offensive line room and and have some confidence in uh, throughout the season. So I, I like it for that reason. Not splashy, not great, not Hall of Famer maybe, but certainly a guy who's going to make the team better. Uh, picked up as an yeah. undrafted free agent. So I like that. Let's go to the n- other side of town, uh, so to speak. It's actually the same freaking stadium, but New York Jets. All right. Mm-hmm. Kenny Yeboah, mm-hmm. tight end out of Ole Miss. What do you think about Kenny Yeboah? Another player card. <laughs> Another one of my prospect <laughs> cards. So happy about that. Man, I, lo- I loved him. Like What I liked about him was his ability to play the H-back, full-back, flex tight end role. But, man, he can block with some of the best of him. He does have some technique issues we need to work on. But those long arms, and you can't teach size. Like I said, just around shade under 6'5", it's about 255 pounds. I think with the Jets, he's reunited with his former teammate and Elijah Moore. And I think if you look at the tape, anywhere where Elijah Moore was, anything, you know, mm-hmm. un, not deep route, Yaboro was there opening up lanes for him. So I think this is a guy that will have an immediate impact with the Jets. I'm shocked. I had him going no later than the fifth or mid-fifth, sixth round. So yep. I think the Jets are really building something special on offense. Their defense is going to take time. They have a lot to go, but they're lucky they have a defensive-minded coach because yep. right now their offense is, to me, talent-wise on paper, way ahead of their defense. So I think you add Yoboa to all those. You're talking; These guys are huge. You're talking about they, the, their receiver's average size, I think, was like six foot five last year uh, after this draft <laughs> right. with Corey right. Davis, with Mims. You know, granted, Jamison Crowder, small guy, they're hoping he's going to bring back, but I don't think – they need to rely on that. Now they have Elijah Moore. 
You know, they get Car- Michael Carter running back out of North Carolina. They're they're slowly, slowly building something. The question is, like all, you know, my fellow neighbors around here that are Jets fans, will they yep. be patient and let, you know, uh, Salab build that team? But I think, man, was probably one of the most underrated signings that you're just not hearing about. Yeah, very exciting, and he has definitely room to start there. Competition is just Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin, Tyler Croft, and Daniel Brown, so definitely room there for right. him to just break through. All right, let's go to the last guy I got on the list here, and, and I have to admit, it was, partially it was just me wanting to talk about this guy, but Jamie Newman, quarterback out of Georgia, gets picked up as an undrafted free agent by the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously didn't address their quarterback situation in, in any meaningful way uh, prior to um, after, after parting ways of Carson Wentz. So what do you think about Jamie Newman? You know, everybody during the draft process kept talking about Trask, Helen Mond, who went very high, and, you know, good for them. But early on, pre-senior bowl, Jamie Newman's the guy I had my eye on. I had five offensive yeah. prospects to watch. He was one yep. of my five. And I think – and I said for and when I wrote about he has to be in the situation that's going to be ideal for, for development, and that's exactly what Philadelphia is. You know, what they're going to run out of there is just having flex quarterbacks. You know, I think we might be seeing – 15, 15 passes per game and 20 quarterback runs out of what they're going to do. Who knows? But yeah. I think that, yeah. that's a, you know, a really big chance. They're, they're, they're building that running back. You know, Gainwell, a running back, another player card I had, they picked him up I, at running back, in the, you know, Memphis running back. So I think they have the ability to really do a lot of things. And I think with Newman, not that he's going to, you know, be in the wings of starter, but we've seen Philadelphia over the last how many years now have backups take him to the Super Bowl, you know, backup get valuable time. So I see no reason that Jamie Newman probably doesn't even, he'll even see some time this, this year if he's going to probably be QB th- three because the way that they have everything set up right now, that offensive line is a work in progress. And I think whoever's under center is going to take some lumps. So I would yeah. not be surprised if you see him, you know, get see, see some time on the field this year. But he's been away from football for a while. That's what That's people right. need to remember. When he transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia, never played for Georgia, so I believe right. it was mid-2019 when he took his last snap. I, I don't have the exam in front of me. But so that also has to be – he looked horrible at the Senior Bowl. Uh, did yeah. not look much better at his pro day. But there's some guys that are gamers, and, and I do see him, you know, as somebody definitely out of all the undrafted free agent quarterbacks to watch, definitely him. Yeah, and he's a guy that really caught my eye back in 2019, right? Like, as you mentioned, right, his last full se- – his last season as a starter when he's at Wake Forest, 61%. Pass completion, 26 touchdowns, only 11 interceptions, 240 passing yards, and 268 yards of offense per game. I mean, he was running with a Wake Forest team that was ranked as high as uh, in the top 20 in that season. I mean, he was he looked good. He looked really good. And then, like you said, uh, transfer and then the uh, opt-out. So, too bad. Really hurt, really hurt his pro stock. But um, I, I'm really intrigued. I'm really intrigued as to what's going to happen to Jamie Newman. I think a terrific pickup uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see where they go with it. Okay, well, that gets us to the end of the show. We've run out of time, as always, hitting the air horn on the show. Woo, you always go so quickly. Adam, anything you want to promo for us today? You know, just what we've been talking about. I've got, I've got <laughs> something new coming, and like I said, it's been delayed a little bit. You know, unfortunately, I had a friend of mine, you know, I want to mention tonight, Jeff Pointer. Uh, he passed away. Uh, um, not COVID related, but, um, you know, it's been a hard time losing my father and, you know, he's my best friend growing up. So yeah. you know, I'm still on, still on the film, but you know, we're going to get those cards out, uh, oops, flipped a little bit there. Going to get something special out there very soon. And, um, just excited for, you know, what's to come of the Burgundy and go to port. Uh, just stay tuned. We got a lot coming this off season. It's not going to slow down. We're going to really start ramping it up in the next week. 
Yeah, as we always say, uh, check out the com. It's not just for Washington fans. It's for football fans. There's so much great content. I think you already know that Adam knows what he's talking about as we go through all these terrific UDFA signings. And he's like, yeah, we covered that one. Yeah, I talked to that guy. So go check it out whenever you get a chance to. You will not be sorry about that. Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at Football Garbage Time. And as always, thank you for listening and for wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. LDC. Woo! Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.